A surprising start of the race brought forward an unexpected race leader. But ultimately, greatness overcomes with Lewis Hamilton becoming the winningest driver in F1 history. Let's jump the start. Welcome in, everybody. The Jump to Start F1 podcast. I'm here with one of my closest friends. Ruben, say hello. What's going on, guys? We talked about it last week. Yancey is on a much-needed break. Uh, as John Denver would say, Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> <laughs> but, guys, before we get into it, I want to make sure everybody knows where we're at. At Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and on Twitter. We're also on YouTube, Jump to Start Podcast, or Jump to Start Racing Podcast. We're also across all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Did I miss any? I don't think so. I mean, I read (laughs) as you were going. (laughs) I started writing them out in my notes just to make sure I don't miss any. Is that for, so you won't have hiccups anymore? So so Yancey won't make me repeat them, but thank God he's not here. (laughs) So... It was actually kind of getting into the news. It was actually kind of interesting. We were talking about all the open seats, the silly season coming in. Silly and then what happens? Literally a couple hours later, Haas confirms or like Grosjean and, and K-Mag confirmed that they will not be back with Haas. Um, what do you think? I mean, we knew it was coming, right? Uh, Yeah, kind of. A, I just think that Haas needed to move on from these guys already. But the way the way it's been... They, they, they had a lot of trial and errors. And, I mean, Grosjean was very key last season for them helping them, you know, change the car around and stuff like that. But that's it. <laughs> what else can they do? <laughs> they just need money. They just need money to develop that car and to have a good car. Well, I mean, how do they even get that money? Uh, I, don't, I don't know where get they Paris. Go. Get Paris. Get Paris <laughs> is really the, the best option. Um, but like we talked about, those there are some good Ferrari young drivers coming up. There are actually some good young drivers that are available with no seats to, to, to for them to be able to fill. So Haas is keeping the their options open. I think they said they have like 10 people they're looking at oh for those two God. seats. I, I hope know. one of them is Hulkenberg. That's what I was going to say. It's got to be Hulkenberg has definitely got to be one of them. But uh, on the heels of that announcement, uh, I guess, as, as we would say in Spanish, Sabrio, uh, Romain Grosjean, who started dropping bombs as far as <laughs> <laughs> what's really going on with the car, he's saying that, you know, the uh, from around the laps, even like during a race, the arrow would change up to 4%. Uh, this is what, what he was saying on, uh, I guess, being interviewed, and that they would have a lot of pro- They currently have a lot of problems with the car, and they're back to where they were last year where the original car was better than the developments that they've made through the season. So uh, what do you think of this? No, I think for then being, I would say like a team so good uh, associated with major teams, like, you know, like Ferrari until they get to that level of them being either somehow a major team where they have a major development in-house that they could do, they're still going to struggle because what they're going to, they use, let's say for example, they use, Ferrari's wind tunnel. So they have to use it when Ferrari's not using it. No, Ferrari uses it for the F1 car and for their factory. Remember, we went to the factory, it's all the way in the back. The big cone that you see from the outside. So, you know, what, what can they do? They have to have like a major investment where they do a lot of the stuff. We technically they do because you can't buy all the parts, but major developments, they're still using somebody else's, I guess, research or somebody else's facility. I would, I would have to imagine, or I wonder if they'll go with ferrari as far as you know how um red bull and Alfatari have like the they're going to be utilizing the token upgrades to be able to same with the racing point so that they don't have to spend the the tokens let mercedes spend the tokens and then they just steal the the information by steal i mean borrow (laughs) but it would be good to just offer the back of ferrari kind of just use that for their upgrades going into the season but we'll see it's whatever it's us it's tough when the position they're in as well remember that they're not a major team. They don't have major sponsors. The only major sponsor they have is their owner. Yeah. So what what can they really do? Richard Mill? Richard Mill? How much can they give from Richard Mill? Everybody gets from Richard Mill. Exactly. F1. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Next piece of news, George Russell, the speculation is getting louder that he won't have a seat next year. I didn't even want to talk about it last week, but it turns out that it's really a potential thing that he may not have a seat. He's very talented. We saw today he was almost running in the points. I don't know. I know that your favorite team is Williams, Ruben. So just going forward, what do you uh, what do you think might may happen here? No, no, it looks since they're getting louder, it looks like they're going to get Paris. They're going to kick Russell out. I hope Russell finds a seat. It's looking very, very. I'm eight. Hey, could go to Haas. They have you know they have two seats open. Could we? It could be. Wow. He could be one of those ten people that they're looking into. You know. Wow. But a guy so talented might be out for a year at least. It happened to Ocon with less talent. So. Yeah, and what's crazy is here, Toto Wolf even explicitly said if he loses the seat at Williams or he has no no control to be able to help him retain that seat at Williams. So it it might be another Ocon situation, like you said, where, you know, he's out and he's just, you know, at Toto's side, like looking for another spot. Uh, I don't know if Toto actually represents no, him. I was going to say, I think Toto's his manager as well. So I don't, I'm not 100% sure on that because I know he's both as manager. He's not going to take Bottas out of there. Bottas doing phenomenal for Mercedes. Uh, Might be the number two guy. Come uh, on. Uh, <laughs> you still don't agree on that? I, no, I don't. I, I, I agree and I disagree. But gotcha. we, we can talk about that coming up. But Russell's sad that he's in that situation. <laughs> By being a guy that having such a crappy car. Not, he's having a rust bucket of a car, though. Because <laughs> the only thing that the car is missing is the rust to show. Because the car, <laughs> car has no pace. They're constantly in the back. And he's getting it, you know, and qualifying it, you know, a couple of times in the top 10. Today he was in, I don't know, actually, I'm sorry, top 15, not top 10. Sorry. I went <laughs> I went too far ahead with yeah. the rust bucket, you know, in the help. But Russell's showing that Russell's getting the max, the absolute max out of that car. And uh, he's out. It's funny. We say rust bucket, but it, I would much rather be in an F1 car for my, my, <laughs> daily, my daily driver as a rust bucket than, you know, whatever I daily drive now. And lastly, there are some teams come that on, are on, say what you drive. I I drive a Corolla, but there are teams that no, bring uh, <laughs> that are bringing upgrades or that were bringing upgrades into this race. Red Bull they they had done some uh, work with their aerodynamics, the rear wing, the front wing, and some cooling updates around the halo. McLaren had brought a new update for last week at Nurburgring uh, with the nose, but there were rumors that they really couldn't that. They didn't really like it. The two drivers didn't like the upgrade, but you could see this week that it worked a lot better for them in their performance. Right, so let's go back a little. You said Rebel did what? The front wing. Front wing. They had. They had a. a I'll, I'll be a one hundred percent honest. I. It's a process too complicated to explain. Gotcha. Did I see it? Front front wing, rear wing. And, and cooling updates. There is Dude, a so good like, article. Actually, I'll, I'll provide a link to it. There are two good articles on motorsport that I'll make sure to link in the um, in the show notes. So what are they missing to have a new car? Just the body now? <laughs> to the floor? <laughs> what did you say? They're only missing to do the floor to have like a totally new car. <laughs> Listen, when you have the money Red Bull has yes. and you're trying to compete, you're trying to win races. Look at that. Look at the difference between them, you know, Red Bull and Haas. Look at the difference Red Bull did over a week. Haas can't even do it over a year. They go backwards over exactly. a year. They should just not even update the car. So that about wraps it up for news. Getting into the race weekend itself, um, practices that were pretty uneventful, except for kind of two things, right? There was a, in FP2, there was a collision between Max and Stroll going into turn, turn one. Uh... That's stupid. It was stupid. It was, it was stupid on both their parts. It's yeah. one of those things where it's freaking practice, guys. Like, what are we doing here? Did they break any parts? Yeah. So there you go. It only costs money. For yeah. Because yeah. it's still practice. It's not like we're, we're winning trophies and for by passing each other in practice. I'm going to tell you, if Yancy was here right now, he, he would be, practice? We're talking about practice? <laughs> just like... Uh, <laughs> uh, just oh, like uh, okay, let's blame it on Stroke because Stroke sucks. There you go. No, but it's one of those things where... They should have known better. It affects being able to gather as much data for the rest of the day, and it'll ultimately affect the race strategy. The moving forward aspect of it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that shouldn't have happened. Um, I, I'll make sure to link the highlight or, or the low light of that going on so that uh, I'll link it in the show notes so that you guys could tell or you guys could see for yourself. 
Uh, the other thing that was kind of interesting and of note was Ferrari's pace throughout the weekend, not just today during the race, but also every practice and qualifying. Uh, so in the practices, it started to really kind of show itself. And uh, even we'll get into qualifying, but even after Q2, Sebastian Vettel says that Leclerc was racing out of his league. That's that's how much more pace Leclerc had than Sebastian Vettel. What did you think? What happened? Is there anything that I missed here? They they did bring a, a new rear end, like we mentioned in the last episode. But could that have really just unlocked that much pace for that car? I mean, I hope so. I hope that they didn't go back to setups that they had that they cannot have anymore. Cheating engines, exactly. So um, you know, but, but even better saying that is. Come on, better. What are you missing? Motivation to be uh, to be right next to him. But what what is it? Just because you're leaving, you, you don't you know you're not going to push us just like Leclerc's pushing. I don't know because you got married. You're not doing this. What is it, better? <laughs> well, Sebastian Vettel does have a history from when he quit Red Bull the last season. He just kind of dropped kinda, down. Yeah, he just kind of does. He kind of just you know he gets a little bit of senioritis, I guess. Is it because they just push it to the side and because they don't want to tell you down inner information that they're working on and stuff like that because you're leaving. What would the team, oh, you know? I, I don't think that they would work against themselves like that, but... Yes, it would. No, no. That's what we thought originally, right? Going <laughs> coming into this uh, season, but I don't know if that's the case. Nothing else to really mention about the practices, right? The the, the fire with Gasly? Uh, yeah, I was not... Uh, unfortunately, I was working. I missed that, so... If you want no, to Gasly was running. I don't know where he slows down. And by the time he got out of the car, the car was already on fire. It took a little while to get the car out of the way and for the marshals to get. I don't know why. Maybe because he already felt the, you know, where the car was headed to and he just stopped in that area. He was a little kind of like, I would say, on the other side of the track, pretty much where the marshals are not you know, not so close. And he closed a red, red flag right away and it took, I think, like 15 minutes to clean up and stuff like that. That's it. It wasn't much, nothing. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they had to call you know the extra fire department to come through and stuff like that. <laughs> Speaking of that, speaking of the track itself and red flagging, uh, come to qualifying on Saturday, uh, right before even starting or like right at the start, it, what was it? The Among Us that, uh, you know, they they vented, uh, the red red vented, um, one of the Ferrari cars drove over a vent and it ended up picking up a vent on the track. So it, it ended up delaying the start of qualifying, qualifying to be able to repair uh, to re- be able to repair that piece of the track, um, it was what was it? A half hour delay. It was like, but that prompted like a major. It looked like a major research to be done in all the, I would say all the all the drains in the track and stuff like that. But I mean, it should. That this happened. What what was it? Last year in Baku, where it wiped it out. It, it wiped out. I think it was George Us. Russell's car, or or something to that effect. I think it was lifted by um. Lifted by, by, Leclerc, by Leclerc, and then R- George Russell drove over and it destroyed the bottom of his car. Yeah. Uh, but I think it happened previously. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember the track where it happened, but it happened to Grosjean as well, where he lifted one and just destroyed the car as well. But it, it's interesting because this is not a road track like Baku. This is a track in, in and of itself. So yeah. it's just uh, an interesting situation that happened there. And they were using cooking. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like cooking to keep it together. They went to Home Depot and Lowe's and... <laughs> They went to a local store to buy some coffee. <laughs> um, as far as qualifying, though, pretty um, chalk. It was uh, the things of note. We had, obviously, um, Hamilton and Bora setting uh, you know, P1 and P2 as far as qualifying finishes. Max Verstappen, P3. In that time frame, though, in Q3, you saw them go through, do their first laps on, on the softs. They set pretty good times. They came back and did faster times on mediums. What could possibly explain that? I think Mercedes were, were the first one to notice to notice that the mediums were doing better than the softs. Because they were like, you know, towards the following qualifying session, they were the ones pushing more with the mediums. But it was it was it had to do, I think, maybe with the air temperature changing, the air shifting in the, in the place. Because even Stroll, when I think from Q2 to Q1, he said, did we do a bit of time last, you know, in the in, the, in Q two? And they told him, yeah, because both even Mercedes there was lower in Q one. Yeah, so Lance Stroll from just to kind of give the information that Ruben was just talking about, 
Lance Stroll from Q1 to Q2, he improved the time, but it was only four hundredths of a second. It wasn't even, it wasn't anything major to, obviously you can't turn up your engine modes, but you would think that with the track getting warmed up uh, with all the additional um, cars going over it, that it would just speed up the track, but that didn't necessarily happen yesterday. Yeah, pretty much the I'm sorry, the I, said, I said that reverse. He actually, you're right, he went four hundredths slower. Yes. I don't know. Interesting. And it would have been nice to see, you know, where Ricardo would have qualified, but he wasn't able to come out after the... After the spin. On Q2. Yeah, in Q2. Um, so, obviously, we talked about Hamilton, Bottas, and Verstappen. Leclerc, uh, amazingly, he was one, almost two tenths down from Max Verstappen, but he ends up qualifying fourth ahead of Sergio Perez, Alex Albon, both McLarens, uh, Pierre Gasly and the aforementioned Daniel Ricciardo, who had the issue where he spun in, in Q2, uh, affected his rear wing, and they weren't able to make the repairs quickly enough for for them to be able to get him out there. Like in the in the spun, the, the process of Ricciardo didn't look like he caused that much damage, but then they ended up having to change the whole rear of the car, the rear wing, and they just couldn't do it in time. You know, we see the rear wing; it's a big piece of equipment, but we also have to remember how sensitive it is with all the DRS. I'll call it instrumentation. So obviously it's much needed in qualifying to be able to one, generate the downforce and then two, open up to allow for the faster speeds during DRS. Um, but what do you think of, if Yancey were here, you'd be celebrating popping bottles, patting himself on the back. Charlie. Uh, Charlie, yeah, Charles Leclerc, fourth place, uh, P4 in, uh, in qualifying ahead of Perez, ahead of Albon. And we were here last week literally saying, we don't think that Leclerc will be able to hang on. We don't think Ferrari will be able to hang on. These two cars are much better. Do we see Leclerc being able to climb up the uh, the driver's championship standings to be able to get... Uh, I don't know. Does the Ferrari keep improving? Ferrari is improving. And Charles Leclerc is actually taking advantage of every situation that he's able to. Remember, in previous races, with the bad arrow car that they had, he also scored a podium one time because of things that happened during the race. So now he qualifies, he's qualifying better. He will be doing better because he has, he's, the car, you know, he's getting more comfortable in the car, more, I would say, because the car is responding to him. And now that with the upgraded rear wing. Exactly, yeah. So the car is responding to these upgrades that they're doing and is making a major change. So there will be, he'll be fighting up there. He will, he will, he'll climb up in the points. Because remember, some of these guys that are that were on top of the points, they're not doing as well as him. Or they're not, you know, in this case, Lando Norris. Yeah. So just to do a, a quick, just full rundown of, of the qualifying positions, P1, P2, P3, Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, P4, Leclerc, P5, Perez, P6, Albon, 7, Sainz, 8, Norris, 9, Gasly, 10, Ricardo, like I had said previously. Set up for an interesting race at the start. So the race itself, the start of the race itself, um, extremely interesting. Uh, the Mercedes, they came out on medium tires. Um, let me just. The Mercedes were on medium tires. Verstappen was Mercedes and Leclerc were on medium tires. Verstappen, Gasly signs on softs, Perez on soft as well, and uh, Ricardo on soft. So that allowed. Because of the temperature, because of light rain at, at the beginning of the, uh, of the race, the tires did not, I'll, I'll say it this way, the, the soft tires were able to reach temperature and get the grip much quicker than the medium tires were. It took, them, it took the medium tires a few laps to be able to get to temperature and establish the grip that they were known to have coming out of the practices and qualifying created an interesting interesting situation where you saw both Hamilton and Bottas dropping back. Uh, Bottas ended up ahead of Hamilton. And we see Carlos Sainz leading the race for the few first couple of laps. What did you think of that whole, that whole dynamic? And we'll get to Max and Perez in a little bit, but what did you think of that dynamic going into the laps two, three, four? Why are you being so subtle about the start of the race? We almost jump out of our seats because we <laughs> see all these changes happening. And we almost, at one point, we almost thought Mercedes had a problem. 
because they were they were not they were not there. They were not showing. And if you look behind all the cars that were on soft, they pretty much jetted to the front, including Kimi. Kimi made her like ten positions in one yeah. lap. Like, how does yeah, that happen? That was wonderful. So all these guys, it's funny how from one day to the other, the situations can change so much. Even when things are like you could say preset in Formula One. During quality, salts were not doing their job. I'm talking about they even had to go sometimes two laps to get them warm enough to see if they catch. And they still were not working. The meetings were being top-notch in quality. Now the race starts, which is cooling conditions, about to rain, and major wind changes as well. The meetings are nowhere to be found. Now the softs, everybody just shoot it to the front, which is, you know, Chile, Carlos Sainz was able to take great advantage to it. And all these guys just climb up, you know, obviously – if the Paris incident with, with Max would not happen, Paris would have been right there too. And I think Max was not even further up front because of the incident, because of him not being calm. If he would have been calm, he probably would have climbed up even more. He probably would have been would have taken the lead, even even if he would have lost it down the road. But he would have taken the lead because he was on subs too. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, it it just makes me think back to what was it two or three years ago where the Mercedes car was known to be a diva and that they had to kind of wrestle it around the track and. Uh, it took a while for them to settle into it because of the, the car tires. Is still a diva. It's still a diva. You have you to think? try. Yeah, you have to. You have to treat that car kindly <laughs> because he he will get pissed and not work. <laughs> I was I was just very concerned that uh, because because they weren't in the lead because they didn't have the clean air that they need to make the car work properly that they were going to run into problems during the race. I, I was actually hopeful they they would wipe each other out so that. We could see, you know, a nice race without Mercedes influence, but didn't come to pass. But um, it was just interesting to see um, Carlos Sainz, who I don't believe him to be an aggressive driver or an assertive driver, I should say, out in front of the pack, making the moves that he needed to do to be able to uh, to take the brief lead that he had. Um, it, w- it was nice. It was a nice uh, start to the race. But behind them we see a battle between Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez going into, um, you know, one of the early turns, turn three or four. I, I can't remember exactly which one. But Max Verstappen, tight on the inside, opens up a little bit, and Perez kind of almost tries to close the door that he didn't need to close. He kept it tight, gets past uh, Verstappen, but like I said, keeps it a little too tight, and almost drives into Verstappen, causing him to spin out on the first lap. Um, so we've talked a lot that, you know, the, these types of incidences, you know, should be penalized, et cetera. But because, well, one, I didn't really think it was, I didn't really think it was uh, Max Verstappen driving dangerously so much as Perez coming in and kind of closing in too much. But then two, it was a first lap incident. Uh, tires weren't, activated properly and uh, obviously there was it was a melee up front um what did you think of this incident this is I, I think you actually fell down to being like you know first lap incident it was it was tough to call i think you know they both they, they're both gonna do the due diligence to show better but i think this all started from the beginning of the race i also think that maybe max was surprised on the way the race started with mercedes falling so much maybe max was ready just to maybe Followed Mercedes close, but as because he saw Mercedes lose pace, it took him some time to get around them. Because remember, the rest of the pack is coming behind them, which is you know Paris, Science, and all these guys. Mm-hmm. So by the time the third or fourth turn, where he collided, that's when he I think he got a little bit, a little bit of a better grip to be able to catch some pace because he was trying to get away from the two you know Mercedes, and that's unfortunately Paris was there and. It happens. <laughs> I don't know what, you know. Yeah, you could always point the, the finger more at Max because he's been known for being more of an, an aggressive driver than anybody else, you know, than the other, than, than Paris. But a situation that come, hey, happened to Stroll a couple of laps, a couple of races ago. So Yeah, it happened with Stroll in practice. Yep. So That's uh, different though. Obviously, um, Max is not getting any Christmas gifts from uh, Racing Point this year. But maybe it, a picture of the, of, of the, of the, of the, you know, the actual circuit. Hey, <laughs> this is the turn where you got to be watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the memories. Yep. Um, so Perez, Sergio Perez after that incident has to 
Pitt, replaces front wing, obviously does a, a, a tire swap, uh, and he's able to continue his race. Um, ends up doing pretty well, which we'll talk about later. Um, other than that, uh, we, we talked about Carlos Sainz just jumping right in, taking over first place. Uh, but the top three, they kind of finished that way. There was a, a brief moment with Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas where Bottas was leading, but Hamilton just kind of bided his time in order to be able to be able to make a good move that would stick on Bottas. We watched the post race and it, it was one of those, it was one of the many incidents today where the race director had us watching a replay and then all of a sudden, oh my God, Hamilton overtakes Bottas. And, Another reason why. And it's like, dude, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you think of the race between Bottas and Hamilton? What like, little there was. Yeah, we didn't see much. Yeah. But it, obviously, it shows Ham having the, you know, being a the GOAT or being the, you know, being in Formula 1 for so long and stuff like that to biding his time for, and waiting for the right moment. The thing about what happened was that science by overtaking Bottas, Bottas did not fall back. Bottas kept fighting with Sainz. So that drove, he, he started to activate quicker, but also degrade quicker. And that's where Ham was able to overtake him and get a small lead in front of him because he had the tires. And at one point, remember, Mac, uh, Ham said, oh, the front tires are done. But he kept setting <laughs> fastest lap after fastest lap. I don't know if he says that so... Maybe Bottas people hears it, right? And they just miscommunicate with each other. I don't know if they have like, like a different code in between them. I don't know. No, if you recall, the radio communications stuff like that is open to the yes. rest of the rest of the pack, essentially. So maybe it's a fake out. I but, mean, you you have to expect the unexpected Mercedes. They do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, as long as they're doing it legitimate, especially from uh, Lewis Hamilton. Exactly. But it again, it was a, another situation where. The champion being the champion, just bided his time, made the move stick. And with that race win, he became the most winningest driver in F1 history, breaking Michael Schumacher's 91 win record by winning his 92nd win. His dad was there at the end at the uh, at the uh, the trophy, I guess, the ceremony. Bono was up there at the, at the podium. Obviously, they have a long relationship. They go back and forth. We hear it over the radio literally every week. Bono, my tires are gone. And then two, three, four laps in a row, he sets the fastest <laughs> laps. That's like, I'm, I think by Hamilton saying that my tires are gone, I'm, like, I'm going to release it already. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send it up. Ruben, you as the historian, what, you know, the major implications of, obviously he's the winningest, but Hamilton now being the winningest driver on his way to the next world championship to be able to tie Schumacher's seven world championships. What do you think? What do you say? I think for us that we're seeing this in front of us right now, we are not maybe we we won't we don't appreciate it as much. Right. It's like watching it's, LeBron right now. Yeah. But when it comes in history, pretty much like what how they speak about Schumacher now or how they speak about Senna and stuff like that. And then they're gonna have to Ham is gonna be including on these conversations that That's right now a lot of the haters don't want to. That's crazy. So remember also that I heard on um in the post race show that when you add Senna's Grand Prix wins, which I think is 51, and you add Pras 41. Wow, that's 92. 92. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Two absolute legends uh, in their time. But we were so talking. Imagine these guys have, I'm sorry, no, have, have the wins and they're a legend. And you'll have a couple of titles. So what is Ham? He, he's the best driver right now. Yes, and it's it's kind of like what I just said, where like we're watching LeBron, and we everybody wants to compare him to Michael Jordan, but you don't really know until the the chapter is closed and he's gone where you can really rank them, right? We are right now watching something that is so improbable on so many levels with Lewis Hamilton. We were talking before we started recording that this is we obviously we had Willie T. Ribs who was testing, but this is in reality the first black driver. Uh, in Formula One history, um, and he's the win winningest, the highest the winningest, percentage, the, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, all of that. You know, he is the most successful. Amazing, came, came in as a rookie, almost won the championship. Second year, he won a championship uh, with McLaren, McLaren Mercedes, and it, it, I feel like it, it's the story's just going to write itself. Yeah, we have a lot of haters. Oh, he's in the best car, etc. But it was the same thing with 
Prost, it was the same thing with Senna, same thing with Schumacher. They were in the best car. Um, I'm just glad to be able to watch it as it keeps happening. I'm glad to be able to see things like the lap. Yeah. Be able to see things like the lap in Singapore, the qualifying lap that was just unbelievable. Be able to see him in, in uh, what was it, in Germany? Or in, I think in Monza, he's dropped back to 19th and be able to win a race. Actually, it was Germany, right? That he was able to drop back and then come back and actually win the race. It, it's just unbelievable to see. And I hope that we see somebody fill those shoes uh, going forward. No, no. And also, if you go back at, at his history, as, as who, where he comes from, come on, could you, do you want, you know, another person other than him to have all these records and all these accolades that things go, you know? Come on, this kid was killing people in remote control cars when he was a little kid, killing grown-ups. By killing, he means doing really well and beating yeah, them. Yeah, my Not, bad. Like, actually, like, attacking them with the cars. Yeah. So then <laughs> he moves to go-karts, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, without funds. Yeah. Means Ron Dennis. Signs that, you know, gets signed by McLaren. He's Ron Dennis and says, one day I'm going to be racing for you in McLaren. That's what he says. Gets signed by being by 12 years old. And look where he is. Yeah. Came from nothing. His father had, you know, 1.3 jobs. He keeps saying and stuff like that. And come on. From Granada. Yep. An immigrant. Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. I got I to gotta talk to my dad when, when I get home. Like, yo, what's going on? How come I was not caught up in that? <laughs> he should slap you when you see that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, will, he definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's the top three obviously lewis bought us max um max dude he never really had a fight at all it was he was fourth only because he pitted ahead of uh ahead of leclerc and it, it was they were just so like it was just academic for the three of them for the top three for the top three yes um driver of the day Driver of the day. Uh, our good friend Yancey, who was on vacation, texted us saying, if it wasn't Charles Leclerc, he was going to lose his shit. So he lost his shit. He's tough. Yeah. The driver of the day ended up being Sergio Perez, who we talked about, dropped all the way back to last place after that first lap incident and was able to climb all the way up. And at one point, I think he was fifth and then was overtaken by both Gasly and Sainz. Uh, but he ended up finishing seventh, scoring six points. What a heck of a drive. Um, Ruben, who would you say was your driver of the day? Oh, no, it was definitely Paris because the situations that he was faced with and how he be, you know, he was able to climb out of it. Pretty much it's just like in any situation, you know, in, in race, you're still racing. There's still a race going on. You don't know what's going to happen. Right, you got to keep your focus. You got to keep your focus and, you know, let's regroup and let's move forward. And it looks like he did. Remember, Paris is very calm. Paris is very consistent. And he has the card Sundays. <laughs> Not on Sundays, but some days, some days he has the car to be able to prove it. And today he showed it. Mm-hmm. The car, you know, he had a, he had a, a good car underneath him today, and it, it was they were matching, and he was able to climb to the top. For me, the driver of the day, the great Gasly, the guy, dude. Every time that they went to somebody overtaking, it was Gasly, Gasly. over. Like it was an incredible drive and we talk about the Red Bull seat being open that third uh, the final Red Bull seat being open among the uh, Alpha Tauris and, and the Red Bull team it's just amazing how how much this guy has turned it around from last season when he was literally in the dumpster from Red Bull that they kind of just threw him out he battled his way he qualified in ninth and was able to f- come up and finish fifth place you know what if the incident with Paris would have not happened in front, all those guys that started on, on softs, they would have been all the way in the front. Those guys were, we had to, including Gasly, yeah. even though he's still fighting, because I'm, I'm thinking about the race, like, wait a minute, but what happened to all these guys that were behind Paris, you know, because Sainz was able to be past the incident already when the incident happened. Oh, you're right. So then they all just naturally hesitated like, and slowed down. Like, yo, let me chill out. I don't want to get who hit. Who knows? They saw that happening. Oh my God, we're going to get a, you know, a virtual safety car. We're going to get a safety car right away. So those guys, besides having to step on, to slam on the brakes when this happened in front of them, because they don't know if this car is going to come join the track yeah. or whatever, you know? So all these guys that were in front, I mean, that were behind the incident that were also on soft, that were coming, railing through. Because remember, that's what Kimmy did from, Kimmy was like, what, 14 for something like that? Right. Kimmy was 16th. <laughs> he went all the way to six. 
So Kimmy was one of the ones that were, was able to to read the the incident at best very well. Yeah, or but, you could say, but that's the experience speaking too. Or you could say, by the time he got there, the incident had already happened. So he sold both cars where they were going, and he was just able to fly through it. Wow. So that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine all these guys that you know that were you know Paris, Paris, Paris Max, and all these guys that were Paris going, Max, Gasly, Ricardo. And Norris these, these and were all on softs. Were all on softs. So this guy would attack. have attacked Bottas and Ham on a better way. Yeah. You know, I, I believe Bottas and, and Ham would have fought, fallen further back if this incident didn't happen. And they, they got lucky. That's actually a really strong point. Um, so, yeah, Gasly qualified ninth, ends up finishing fifth. Just an incredible drive, an incredible year for this guy. He is just proving it, just saying. I don't want him in Red Bull. You don't want him in Red Bull because no. uh, I want him to win. I want him to be able to showcase that talent. Listen, but I guess I think I said in the last episode, with what Racing Point, the little Pandora box that they opened, Alpha Tar is oh, also right. going to do major right. improvements in that. You're car. right with the token upgrades and no, and, and the the way they were able to fold the the rules and regulations to their advantage. Yeah. I'm pretty sure a Red Bull that never stays behind on all of this, they're they're gonna make major improvements as well. What do you think? No? Yeah, no, I I I I hear you and I agree. And I it sucks that we're at this point, but you know what? It'll bring the field closer for uh, we're gonna get the up uh the updates to the rules in 2022, but then it's gonna be till 2025 until we see engine updates. So uh, okay. listen, all this blunt criticism, stuff like that, that Albon is getting, it would be Gasly getting it. Even if he was closer than, than Albon. They want somebody in the next seat to beat Max, and that's going to be impossible almost. I could beat him. Give me a shot. I could beat him. <laughs> Come on, Horner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, man. I used to listen to the Spice Girls, so I, I'm familiar with his wife, right? Oh, my I, God. I don't, I don't say it. That sounded creepy. <laughs> <laughs> So those are the two drivers of the day. Um, the two drivers of the day for us. There for was us, only one. There was only one, and it was your choice, Sergio Perez. And you know what? I agree. He did do a phenomenal come job back. of being able to come back. It He highlighted his ability to save his tires, and that's what that's what was able to help him. He went from lap the lap one pit to lap 45 on the medium. So uh, the only one that did better on his tires was Ocon, former that teammate. Was like, oh my God. That was that was uh, an unbelievable unbelievable he, drive. He went 53 laps on it. He learned it from Paris. Yeah, he probably <laughs> did. So the midfield, we could talk a little bit about that. Um, the midfield being from essentially from third down or fourth down. But is that Formula 1.5? Yeah, for, exactly. Good point. Reddit r slash Formula 1.5. Um, <laughs> Charlotte Claire, just all weekend, he was just on it. We talked about what Vettel said earlier that he's in, just in another league. The, the upgraded rear end of the car, like we talked about last week, they took the token, went to DR, got the rear end upgraded like many women do. But oh my God. Oh, what did you he, say? Then? Nothing. Let's, <laughs> exactly. move on. Let's move on. Oh my God. But Charlotte Claire, uh, just <laughs> he was another guy it. that he was just on his own, just like Max Verstappen. He was just on his own race. Uh, he was upwards of 10 seconds ahead from start to finish. Well, not start to finish, but from the middle of the race to the end of the race, he was just on his own. Yeah, like I think he finished fourth, but we could say to each other, yeah, what did he really do? But that that's fine. No, no, yeah, but he was still fourth. You know, he was able to climb up and he's still there. But yeah, the, but the start he, was a little tricky. But Exactly, yeah, yeah. But, um, but what did he really do in the race? He was in fourth. Yeah. So in that aspect, you say... Oh, but you're taking credit away from him? No, I'm not taking no, no credit away not. He did an amazing drive and amazing because he maintained position. Okay, I see what you're saying. He didn't have to defend. He didn't have to attack for yeah. most of the race. Exactly. So I, I'm i hopeful that going into next year, things will be sorted out a little better for not just for Leclerc, but Carlos Sainz who's moving into the Ferrari seat next year as well. I hope he wakes up. Leclerc or Sainz? Sainz. So speaking of Sainz, he fell asleep. He started out on fire. Yeah, but he doesn't have the car. You think he doesn't have the car or that he's just... Uh, I don't know. The only area with that, that McLaren car would, would shine would be in the little straight. They don't have... You know, 
And I'm saying because of the straight, because of the Renault package that they're getting, you know, the Renault engine. That Renault engine in high-speed areas of the track is doing phenomenal. But the arrow needs to be worked out. Yeah. Yeah, they're he, working yeah. on it, you know, with the new wing and stuff like that. So they're not giving up because they're still developing their car. Right. So yeah. So we did talk at the top of the show that they, they're they're they feel better coming out of this race with that new front wing. But Carlos Sainz, man, he was fighting for first, ends up six behind Leclerc. Would you say that the McLaren is better than the Ferrari at this point? Ooh. On this on I would this say weekend, yeah. This weekend they have a better engine. I don't know if they have a better aero package, but. This weekend, no. I guess the car was a bit temperamental, but overall, I would have to say that the McLaren is better. So would you say maybe that getting getting to the front at the beginning of the race did not help Sainz? Because he had to push so much as well? I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what I could say there. You know, it's, just, it's tricky because you could say, you know, he led, what, like two laps, three laps or whatever he led? Yeah. But he was on it. So he had to attack the soft tires so much more, more than the other guys. Remember, Leclerc was part of the guys that had to slam on the brake. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say that. Signs pitted lap 26 onto mediums, where Leclerc pitted, pitted from mediums to hards on lap 34. And maybe his tires fell off at the end. But I, to me, he should have finished at a, at a higher spot. Um, from where he started. Right, gotcha. right. Would you say the situation that, that he faced. Would you started. say that the McLaren car is better or worse than the Alphatari of Pierre Gasly? Ooh. I mean, I think on the on the Alphatari aspect, it's just Gasly himself just killing it with that car. He's he's settled in the position, but still, McLaren has a better car than them, of course. Okay, so talked about signs. Norris was just he had that battle with Lance Stroll, where Lance Stroll tried to pass him on on the outside and then cross into the inside. It was just a disaster of, in my opinion, a disaster of a of a. I guess an attempt at an overtake from Lance Stroll. Listen, what do you what do you normally say about Lance Stroll in this situation? He sucks. Yeah. Lance Stroll should have taken this weekend off as well. Just like Paris had to take two weekends off, he should have taken this weekend <laughs> off as well. Because, you know, because of coming back from COVID and stuff like that. And he put up Hawkins would have done better than him this weekend. So it was funny because they, you know, during the race, Crofty asked Otmar Safma Safnauer, what do you Otmar, what do you think happened with uh, Lance Stroll? And he's trying to explain it away. And I'm sitting there thinking, and then we even tweeted it out. He should have just said, Lance Stroll just kind of sucks. That's what happened. That, that was not a move that a race car driver should have tried to make in that situation. But Norris suffered some damage, ended up having a pit. It affected the rest of his race. Um, not as much as Stroll. No, no, not Stroll as much. Stroll had to retire, but Norris fin- finished 13th after that. The two Renault boys, they had trouble all weekend. They were very inconsistent. Finished eighth and ninth. Not really much to say here. They were just kind of battling the car, battling the track. They were, I think for having a, a off week, a weekend, they did pretty good. Uh, not when you're fighting for a constructors, no, well, you know. Well, let's go back to the situation that they face. You know, like Ocon, Ocon doesn't have the car down packed yet because he's not being as aggressive as he was when he was with Force India or, you know, r- Racing Point. Ricardo coming off of, you know, having a... Uh, a podium weekend, and now going into here having an accident in, quali- in, quali- in qualifying. Maybe the car did not. The car they needed time to fix the setup of the car once they put the new wing on it. I think they did. They should do better, obviously, because we all want to do better. But they did relatively good. It wasn't an excellent race for them, you know. But the situation that they've been facing, they did pretty good this week. They're still in the top ten. They got points. Uh, they got points, but. Uh, Normally, when you when something like that happens to you in qualifying, like it happened to Ricardo, you would not perform in the race. I just think that they missed out on an opportunity where Norris was not in the points and Stroll retired. They could have really put the screws on, like tightened the screws on where the constructors' championship should be, and they did not do that. I will. We'll get back to I talking guess, about the I, championship right that. after this, but. Um, one last person I wanted to mention here, and I am really annoyed because I, I actually really like the Red Bull team, Alex Albon. What the heck? Nowhere. He qualified, I believe it was sixth. Yeah, it was sixth. And he finished outside of the points. That Red Bull car, we talked about it last week. He should be the one that should finish the highest out of, 
um, fifth place out of the drivers remaining from one through four, you know, the top three in Ricardo, nowhere to be found. He was uh, a victim of being guinea pig uh, for, for strategy for Max, but yes. he should still, with that car, be able to do something. Agree or disagree? Oh, no. There's something wrong with him. We have to agree that there's something wrong with Albon. And like Horner said throughout the weekend, it's his seat to lose. So, welcome, uh, Huckenberg. I'm available. I'm available. Yeah, I then keep, I'm going to get to you before Huckenberg, though. Okay, maybe they should watch me. I'll, I'll stream a couple of laps on Switch <laughs> on F1 2020, <laughs> and they could see me drive, and they could be impressed, and it could happen. And then they tell you, you're not using the battery properly. <laughs> <laughs> or you're crashing into me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, we were talking about the constructors, right? So, I'm going to read off the points totals for this week. So, eighth and ninth for Ricardo and Esteban, Esteban Ocon and Ricardo, respectively. Six points total. Sergio Perez, six points because he finished seventh. Carlos Sainz, six, wow. six, uh, eight points because he finished sixth. So remember we said Norris, zero points. Stroll, zero points. And then the two Renaults, six points combined. Six points for Perez, eight points for McLaren from uh, Carlos Sainz. So in the updated Constructors Championship standings, we have Racing Point at 126. Damn. Mercedes, now, I, now I get what you were saying McLaren earlier. McLaren at 124, but they, they they actually gained ground because of Carlos Sainz's finish. Mm-hmm. And Renault at 120. But not enough because of Norris not being in the top right. 10. Now, now I see where you kept emphasizing right. that so with it's the Renault like, boys. Yeah, it's like, dude, what? In such a tight race. It's such a tight race. You guys need, Every to, opportunity. need to make something happen. And the car cannot show up inconsistently and the drivers cannot show up, incons- in, show up inconsistently. And I'm not going to fault Ocon because... He was there. He managed those tires. He did really well. He finished eighth, which is not outside of his. What I don't get, what I was that now, now I got like a mental picture with Alcon. Why did they go in harsh at the end for him? Did they go? Oh, nah, I got you thinking of that one too. They went on on uh, softs at the end. At the end, okay. lap fifty three, he pitted. My bad. Uh, from the mediums onto the softs, but yeah, I don't know. To me. That's fine. That's Ocon's range of outcomes. It's, you know, eighth place, fine, whatever. Ricardo, just nowhere to be found. Needed needed to put in a strong performance. Didn't it would have been nice to get better points for them, guys, because the race is just so tight that the any for hint. The, for the championship. Yeah, for the, for, for the Formula 1.5 Constructor <laughs> Championship. <laughs> it's so tight that every little glint of opportunity you have to jump on it right away. And today was the day for it. Today was the Any day of those teams. Any of them. You know, obviously, Renault was, was the one at the at the better position to take the most advantage of it. Because they had two drivers. In the top 10. In the top 10. That could have climbed down more. So, as I mentioned, through Carlos Sainz's performance, McLaren gains two points on racing point. They're now just down two, 126 to 124. Renault's at 120. They didn't gain anything both you know the, the drivers for them had six points and Sergio Perez had six points but so the construction is what 120 124 120 124 for Renault and McLaren respectively and 126 for Racing Point and it's like oh uh, my god that is right there uh, 1.5 a must to watch uh yes exactly so to update that uh the driver's standings so Danny Ricardo stays on top. He has a five-point lead now. Remember we were talking about this last week. Charles Leclerc was at the bottom here, uh, mm-hmm. near uh, down below by uh, Alex Albon. He is now in fifth place in the Constructors' Championship after his fourth-place finish, finish and being able to pick up 12 points. So he vaulted past everybody. Uh, we have Danny Ricardo. But Ric- that's a result also of the opportunities being able to take, been able to take advantage. Yeah. So we just talked about Renault, Renault not yeah. being able to capitalize on the opportunity and look at Leclerc fighting his way up right now. Listening to this, our our our, our boy up Charlie! here, yeah, Charlie, <laughs> yes, he would be going crazy right now. <laughs> so Daniel Ricardo, eighty points. Charles Leclerc, seventy five. Sergio Perez with a six point finish, seventy four. Well, one point behind Leclerc, six behind Ricardo. Lando Norris is fading into into dust like Thanos just slapped uh, snapped him. <laughs> disappearing he, yeah he's disappearing 
<laughs> Mr. Zach Brown, I don't feel so good. <laughs> oh my god. Um he's down at 65, 64 for Alex Albon in eighth place. That's embarrassing. For Red Wings. And yes, Pierre Gasly 63. I hope that Pierre Gasly beats Albon in the driver's I championship. Think it will. That would be There's no way Albon is, is recovering from this. I just don't want Gasly in the Red Bull seat. So obviously Lewis Hamilton, he is a bunch of points up, 77 points up on Valtteri Bottas. He, he can DNF almost three full races if Valtteri Bottas gets 26 and, and he's still ahead. Um, Max Verstappen is 17 points down on Bottas. And, that, you know, that's where we at drivers wise. Right now, if uh, right now Mercedes is up so much that they could DNF from every race. Except for they they need Except to score <laughs> they no they need to score eleven points to be able to clinch the constructors championship with five races to go. Yeah, that's a they should give the title now. Here you go, guys. Just, right, because Albon's not going to do anything. Yeah. No, tell Mercedes he starts start shining it. Yeah, you guys yeah, can. Yeah. What do you what do you want to call this trophy? What do you want engraved on it? Yeah, yeah. you want to engrave something on it. You want to put Nicolaus, you know, red yeah, star sure. in it. I mean, red red logo on it. <laughs> So, Constructors will be decided next week. That's guaranteed. Yes, sir. Is there anything else we want to mention coming out of this? Uh, not really. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think we, we touched on a bunch of points that were worth mentioning and nothing else. Yeah. Um, next week, it's a two-day race weekend with Imola. They're going to be driving their... That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be one practice session on Saturday, the qualifying session, and then the race. So, that'll be interesting. Especially because of what happened this weekend. Especially that, yes. Because we, of the tires not working one week and working on the race. Right, and it's blah, a track blah, blah. that they had not seen before. In having Formula a day one less. Oh with Portimao. And now having a day less to a track they're going back to after many years. Yep. It's going to be fun. I cannot wait. We will talk about it later. We'll do an, uh, a full preview episode. But, okay. Uh, want to make sure that <laughs> You guys are aware we're at uh, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Jump to Start Racing uh, podcast on YouTube. And obviously, we're across all the uh, podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. I will say it again for Ruby. Yeah, you sake. missed something there. No, I did not. That was Yancy saying that to me. <laughs> he phoned it in. He texted yep. you. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher as our platforms for podcasts. Jump to Start podcast on uh, YouTube, and we're also at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to say hi to us, follow us, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you, guys. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>